Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Ooh, happy Falcon Halloween and welcome to episode six of the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm Kyle Faulkner and I'm here with Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing great. One, two, three, four, five, six, and oh, baby. Last undefeated team. Steelers are the, the last undefeated team. I'm in first place in fantasy. My only concern is if I peak too early. I'm having a great time this fantasy football season. Well, that's the only issue. You don't want to be uh, you don't want to be putting up all your numbers now and then falling apart when it really starts to count. But at the same time, you're in a good place. You're up on top. Steelers are up on top. Every Sunday's turning into a happy day. I like it. Yeah, I mean, this week was nerve wracking. I don't know. Did you watch that Steelers Titans game? I mean, it was like a tale of two halves, and I had to, some explaining to do with the family afterwards. Like, why was Daddy so upset when they ended up winning? Uh, <laughs> did, you bring, a, did you bring the chalkboard to dinner to explain all the reasons why it's okay to win and still be upset? <laughs> I had chalkboards, I had iPads, I had PowerPoint presentations, I had a, a guest speaker. I got Terry Bradshaw to do one of those OnlyFans things, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, still, they don't understand, but either way, they're six and zero, oh and I'm a happy guy. Yeah, it was uh, it was a wild game. There was a few of those on the weekend, but uh, it seemed like they went into the locker room feeling so good that, uh, you know, they came out or I'm not sure maybe big Ben had a bet on the over for the score and realized (laughs) if we have the ball all the time, Tennessee's not going to do anything, but, uh, you know, either way, either way, the better team won. And, uh, you know, both of us can say that about our fantasy matchups this week too, which is nice. Barely. I can't wait to talk about your matchup later. Cause it was like, (laughs) considering I have nothing invested in your matchup versus Steve, it was most, well, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm the commissioner here. I got to be, you know, impartial here. I'm rooting right, for everybody yeah. equally other than myself. I want you all to lose. And um, <laughs> yeah, and you well, guys, I mean, it came down to the last game of the week and you both only had defensive players playing. And I think the lead changed maybe 35 times throughout the game. It was super exciting. Yeah, it was. I can't, I'm excited to talk about it myself, mostly because, you know, barring any late stat corrections, I'm on the right side of it. So. Anyways, before we uh, before we break down the matchups for this week, we do have um, we do have a lot of news and notes, some positive, some negative from the NFL. Uh, I don't know if you happen to tune in at all to uh, a couple other teams in the Steelers division, but Baker and Joe Burrow they had a studly quarterback duel. Nine touchdowns between the two of them. It was another, it was as close as my matchup with Steve. It was back and forth. It was lead changes in the last two minutes. Um, it was exciting. It was It was not what I expected from a Bengals-Browns matchup at all. Did you notice? Did you watch any of that? Well, yeah, I couldn't keep my eyes off. It was unreal. Like, And it's as a Steeler fan, like we just talked about, it's kind of terrifying as well because both those quarterbacks are super-duper <laughs> young and they both put on a show. I mean, Baker was playing against Cincy's defense, let's be honest here. But he did what he had to do. And, I mean, losing OBJ, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be good for Baker Mayfield because now he doesn't have to keep number 13 engaged and happy all four quarters. You know what I mean? He can just throw to the open guy and play football. So, I'm really – I mean, I hate seeing injuries. Obviously, we want to see the best talent in the world on the field. But when he went down, I thought it was actually good for his quarterback. And, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow is going to be a problem for a long time. Yeah, that's uh, that's concerning for sure. We're going to have to bring the blitz every time we come against them because they're dropping back 40-plus times. But uh, it was a good game, and uh, an old familiar favorite, A.J. Green, had another 
another good day. That's a couple in a row. So that's exciting to see. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, as good as those two teams looked, the Dallas Cowboys are terrible. They wow. were completely dominated in a game that they had to win. They were completely dominated by a bad Washington football team. Are they? They had, well, Riverboat, I'm not a big... man. Something about Riverboat. I know, I know where the stigma is Washington's bad and they're probably bad, but I, I think they're in the right direction. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that Riverboat's are right in the ship there. Oh yeah, for sure. And they, you know, they added, uh, they added great defensive pieces in the draft this year. They added, uh, you know, your boy Gibson, he had a great day, oh. although who doesn't against Dallas, I guess, but, uh, you know, they're playing with their second string quarterback, uh, the same as Dallas came in, but it was, it looked like Tom Brady against the high school team. It was unreal. Um, yeah, it was just a, a molly whopping. A molly whopping. I like it. Um, the uh, Cincy Cleveland game was fantastic, but it was not the best game this weekend. Did you catch Sunday night football? I sure did. And uh, uh, not to, I know we kind of talk about our, our league of note with the league of extraordinary gentlemen. I'm in another league where I had both Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray going, and I was facing the guy that had Tyler Lockett and I ended up losing my matchup by two points. And I thought oh. it was going to be a gimme win, but uh, yeah, that game was crazy. Oh, I stayed up way too late watching that game. I was heavily invested between my three leagues. I had, uh, I had one team where I had Kyler going. I had two teams where I had Lockett going. I had two teams where I had Hopkins going. I had a team where I had Carson going and a team where I had Kenyon Drake going. And it was kind of magical for me because every time either team had the ball until my two running backs got hurt, it was just points, points, points rolling in. Uh, and we'll talk a little more about Tyler Lockett, but wow. Oh, I mean, and, was... uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, y'all go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to move on so we can, uh, so we can get to the real interesting LOEG stuff, but, uh, there's some exciting news for one team in our league and I'm sure in many fancy leagues across the, across this great world. It's two a time. The bye week's over. Miami has said farewell to uh, Mr. Fitzmagic. What do you expect in his first game, and why on earth would the Dolphins put him up against the Rams and Aaron Donald and one of the best pass rushes in the league? Well, I mean, we saw it last night. They look nasty against the Bears. It's it's interesting timing. I mean, we touched on it last week, and we it wasn't confirmed at that point. We were pretty sure it was happening, but it, it's actually happening, and. Uh, the timing of it seemed really weird because of Fitzpatrick playing well, but I, it seems like maybe they had a game plan and Tua was coming in after the bye no matter what happened. And obviously he's showing well in practice. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see him go up against that Rams defense. So Aaron Donald is a game wrecker. And uh, welcome to the league, kid. I mean, if he, if he puts on a show against the Rams in his first game, then look out that the division is wide open. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch all the way the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little worried. I hope that he, I hope that he uh, is ready for what's coming at him. Um, watching the, watching Donald, especially in the Rams defense closely against the Bears last night, you see just what a, what a good unit they can be, not only up front, um, but on the back end too. They, they've got guys that can make plays on the ball. They've got guys that can make you look foolish. And if you hang on too long looking for the open guy, you're going to be on the ground. So uh, hopefully Miami's O-line's up to it. Um, it is a little sad. You know, Fitzpatrick was so happy when they put Tua in. He's <laughs> clapping. He's getting everything. And then I did read uh, over their bye week, I did read a quote from him saying that it came as a total shock 
when they told him that he wasn't the starter. Uh, he mentioned how this was the first time in all the teams he's played for. This is the first time since he was the quarterback in Buffalo that he felt like this was his team. The guys were all rallied around him. He was leading them to big wins and keeping the other games close. Um, so, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a gut punch and I know they had a plan and hopefully they're doing the right thing here because, uh, they had a real good thing going with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And real quick, I, it's interesting cause I had him on my roster and I still have him on my roster in hopes that they trade him to like a team like Dallas or a team that's QB needy. And I actually had a trade offer this week, Boston Scott for Fitzpatrick, which made no sense for either team, but I didn't take it because I just feel like Fitzpatrick. I don't know. I, I, my gut says he's going to end up somewhere and he's going to put up points somewhere at, with, before the season's over. Yeah, it could be. Um, moving on to some other news and notes, though. We had Lev Bell. He made his debut for the Chiefs, and he looked pretty, pretty, pretty good doing it. I mean, he only had six <laughs> carries, but they're 39 yards. And uh, guess who's coming in to town next week? Uh, they played oh, the New York that? Jets. Yeah, nice revenge oh, game right boy. out of the gate. And so I, what's what's the over under like 20, 20 it, carries, 25 carries? Well, the, the point spread right now, I, I actually checked it out today, is 20 points. The, the Chiefs are favored by 20 in this game. So if, oh. if they get up big, they're going to ride Lev Bell hard. And he's, yeah, he's going to run for 375 yards and eight touchdowns probably because. <sighs> well, you know, what, I, you know what? Now I'd say that out loud. I don't even know because look what the Jets just did to the Bills. Is that. Is that the Jets' defense is something, or is there something wrong in Buffalo? Like what? I think there's something wrong in Buffalo. I think John Brown being out is hurting them. It's definitely hurting my squad, so I can only imagine how Josh Allen's feeling. Um, they just they don't look the same the last couple of weeks. Um, and if you can't do it against the Jets, it's hard to hard to envision things getting much better. But uh, you know, Buffalo is Buffalo, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I don't I don't see them having much of an issue handling New York. No, I don't think so either. I'm just uh, throwing that out there. Um, Atlanta, <laughs> I mean, this this season is getting hilarious. It needs like a 30 for 30. Todd Gurley tries not to score a touchdown with like a minute and eight seconds left. He ends up breaking the plane with the ball, giving Stafford like a minute and change to save his fantasy day and bring the Lions back for the win. Um, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons are hilarious, unless you're a fan of them. And uh, it just continues every week. They find new ways to break your heart. They outlionsed the Lions. That's how bad things are in Atlanta. They they figured out at uh, you know at their last time out of the two minute warning, what would Detroit do in this situation, and then they did it. And you could see Gurley. Everybody knew what he's supposed to do. And the worst part of it is this guy. I've seen him do it a few times in the past, where he gets down to the one yard line and goes down and wins the game for his team. He's done that before. And it was like his brain and his body were in disagreement. Like he kind (laughs) of stopped, he was going over the line and he kind of stopped in midair and like spun around. But the, the lasting image I think of the 2020 football season is going to be Todd Gurley on the goal line with the ball and Detroit players all around him with their arms up in the air oh. because they realize that now they have a chance to win the game because they allowed a touchdown. Well, I mean, Matt Patricia takes a lot of heat. They're three and three now, and it looked like the defensive players played that to do for it to play out exactly as it was. Like you see the linebackers get under him and kind of hold him up, and then the one guy almost gave him a pat on the butt as he went by him, just like get in there, buddy. So and then they celebrated right away. So I mean, that looks like they were heads up and they knew what they were doing. And yeah, the Lions are three and three. And the Falcons, uh, I can't wait to see how they blow next week's game. Um, oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I'm uh, sure they'll come up with something good. 
Well, speaking of ugly football, man, the New England Patriots, I don't, it, Cam Newton got pulled. Um, it was a really bad performance from everybody. And I mean, we had the question from Whammer last week Tom Brady or Cam Newton. Both of us chose Tom Brady and Cam Newton Phew. ended up with, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Canceled after that, five episodes. That could have lost our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, Cam Newton was pulled. It was the right time to do it. They weren't coming back in that game. You got to protect them as much as see what you have in the backups. But yeah, it's not looking good in New England. That division is wide open. Uh, yeah. And you know what? It's it's early still and you never know what Coach Balachek's going to do, but Going into the season, there was so much talk. Who's going to have success? Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Was he a system quarterback? Or did Belichick's system work here because he had the best quarterback of all time? And right now, the Bucks look unstoppable. And I know this this last little bit of news that you're about to tell us is is only going to add to the add fuel to the fire. But their defense looks great. Their running game looks good. Their passing game is coming alive. Tom Brady was a machine this weekend. And uh, the Patriots do not look like things are working. They just seem like they can't do all the things they used to do, and their defense isn't holding them together the way that it once did. No, I mean, to be fair to them, too, they had some pretty key names opt out this season. But yeah, as far as the offensive side of the ball, they missed on Nikhil Harry. He's like, this guy's a first-round draft pick receiver, and look how many guys have come into the league since him that just you know perform immediately, and this guy is not doing anything. So, um they missed on him. I mean, Sony Michelle, same thing. He had a couple of nice, I mean, he puts together decent years when you look at it, but it's just fugly and you don't want any part of it as a fantasy owner. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting. Cause like you said, nobody makes adjustments better than Bill Belichick. He's obviously the greatest coach to ever do it, but it's, he's got not a lot of pieces to play with. And he, one of the guys he lost last year due to drama now just signed with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown. That's the, the last piece of news, which is kind of baffling to me. I mean, I get if Antonio Brown wants to get that ring, but with the Bucks, I, think I don't that's know. What, it. Like, yeah, it's just really interesting. I mean, there's he might not even play, right? There's still more trouble that could come down the pipe, and he might have another suspension looming. But it just seems like the rich getting richer. But I don't know why you would bring that guy into that locker room when everything seems to be, like you said, just everything is is going Tampa's way. Yeah, it is puzzling for sure. Um, you know, Bruce Arians doesn't really seem like the kind of coach to put up with a lot of nonsense, and maybe they're maybe they're going to be pretty clear and pretty strict with them that uh, you know any of that and you're out of here kind of thing right away. Obviously, there's always the risk of of something else coming to light. It seems like a hundred years ago, but it was only last season, and it was every two days something else was getting added to these stories and. Uh, you know, but at the same time, the last time we saw him when he played that one game with New England, you know, he had a few days to learn the system and he looked like the best player on the field again. And he had a connection with Tom Brady, who's his new quarterback. Um, and I don't know if you heard this, but uh, news out today that Chris Godwin, um, I know we're about to get to the injury section, but Chris Godwin uh, actually has a broken finger that wasn't really reported. So all of a sudden, instead of being the number three wide receiver in a team that's pretty established, he, he might be jumping up. So it'll, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, right? Just like with Lev Bell joining, joining a contender and going for that ring, and uh, we'll see what happens. I, well, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And, I mean, Antonio Brown, I was <coughs> talking to Bednar earlier this week, and I think if, if he didn't, you know, if it all didn't play out the way it did, he could have been the greatest ever. Like, he's that type of build. He had that kind of skill set where, you know, he didn't blow you away with anything, but he just, everything he did was great. 
Like you know, people look at Jerry Rice, right? And you say, well, I mean, he's not physically imposing, but he's the GOAT. And Antonio Brown was like, he was on that same trajectory. He's put on massive numbers. He just Big Ben would throw it to him 15 times a game and he'd catch 13 for 125 and two. Like it was just such a talent. It's such a shame to see it just crumble like this, such so fast. And uh, I mean, I hope he gets right. But I also, part of me is just, I don't know why he got the second chance. Yeah. Well, you know what? Talent, talent talks, right? And uh, we've seen a lot. <clears throat> we've seen a lot of guys get second chances from a lot worse things and pretty quickly you forget about it if they start producing. Um, but I would say this is kind of it for him. Um, if things don't go his way or if any more, any more uh, off field stuff pops up, he's going to be a guy that we talk about as, you know, what happened to him kind of thing years yep. from now. Anyways, let's get to the, uh, let's get to the not so happy news. We've got some injuries. Uh, you touched on this one. Odell Beckham done for the year, ACL tear. Um, it's unfortunate. It was on an interception. He was trying to make a play for his team, make a tackle, and got his knee tangled up. Um, you never want to see that. And hopefully, it's early enough in the season that he'll be he'll be going 100. percent I don't know if it'll be with Cleveland, but uh, wherever he is, you know, it's hopefully he can get his career back on track because it hasn't really been going for him the last couple of years. Um, Andy Dalton, Red Rocket, the big waiver wire darling, and uh, so far the big fizzle of the Dallas Cowboys. He was targeted in an ugly play. He went to the ground, got his head basically smushed like a pancake. Um, that Dallas line, it, you know, they have injuries. They had a retirement, but they've gone in two years from pretty much the best in the league to one of the worst in the league. They can't protect him, and the worst part of it um, – is nobody stood up for him. Nobody did anything. Their quarterback got, you know, a cheap shot that took him out of the game and there was no pushing. There was no shoving. There was nobody on the ground, you know, sending a message. They just kind of watched it happen and then walked back to, to huddle up with their rookie QB. So that's, that's not a positive sign. I don't think. No, not at all. I mean, um, I think the Cowboys are doomed. It was, as soon as I saw that and like nobody, even you know, stood up and puffed their chest. It's just like, yeah, there, here we go. It's yeah, it's not yeah. a good scene. Well, I remember once when I was playing and we were watching game film from a preseason scrimmage, and uh, our quarterback had released a ball, and a defender running in had not tackled him, but just you know used his momentum to kind of shove him to the ground. And our offensive line coach pausing it and watching it again and pausing and watching it again, and he you know, made a point. If that ever happens, you need to get that guy on the ground. I want the refs pulling you guys off of him. You need to send a message early and often that that's not going to stand. And, uh, I remember, you know, later in the season, somebody taking a late shot and, uh, and it turned into kind of a melee out there. And we rallied around that as a team, right? Nobody's touching our quarterback. And if you want to pull something like that, you're going to pay for it a bit. And, uh, that's kind of the sign of a strong unit and the way that those guys acted, they just, you know, they're just not, their head's not in it. Um, yeah. Moving on here. We, we had a tough one for the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, this guy just when he's on the field, it's magic, but that's not often enough. He's hurt again. Uh, he's had back injuries. He had, uh, I believe a concussion earlier in the year. Now he's got an ankle injury. So we'll see what happens there, but that could, that could help out Juju. That could help out Chase Claypool. Um, in a tough matchup this week, Jeff Wilson, who uh, 
I'll, I'll be honest. I gave him a long, hard look on the waiver wire in a couple of leagues and uh, ultimately decided, no, there's been too much McKinnon talk. He was going off against New England. Three touchdowns, big gainers on every play. And on that third touchdown, though, he hurt his ankle, which means San Francisco is, I believe, on their 19th running back of the season. That's correct. Yeah, I think it is their 19th. And uh, Frank Gore Jr. <laughs> is probably going to be there. <laughs> No, he's getting the call pretty soon. I mean, I was facing Jeff Wilson, um, and it was it was actually terrifying because I was projected to win by like sixty points, and you know, those guys got three touchdowns in what two quarters or whatever it was, and my the projections down to fifteen, sixteen points, and if he doesn't get hurt, who knows what happens the rest of that game? So I was watching that close. It's too bad he got hurt though, because yeah, he was going on. I I thought he was on his way to like a college type game. Like I thought you were going to look at him at the end of the game, and it was going to say four hundred yards rushing and five touchdowns kind of thing, but. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see who's healthy, uh, whether it's Mostert or Coleman coming back maybe from IR, um, or it could be McKinnon or it, um, who's the other one, Hardy? Yeah, Jam- uh, Hasty, Jamichael Hasty. Hasty, Hasty. Well, it seems yeah, like whoever so we'll it is. See. I mean, whoever they put in there, they're they going to be good. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be good. And uh, we had a couple, uh, couple of headbangers, Nikhil Harry, who, you know, it's not really helping anybody's fantasy team, but – I'm sure the Patriots would rather have him on the field than off. He left with a concussion. And uh, Philip Lindsay for the Broncos, he just had gotten back from injury, was getting back into his timeshare with Melvin Gordon, and he also left with concussion. So if you've got those guys, keep an eye on them as well. Yeah, and that was luckily for you because your matchup was super tight and he went out early. Um, yep. A couple other guys that got banged <laughs> up. We had Tim Patrick, my uh, Rudy of the Week last week. He left with a hamstring injury. Uh, he put up okay points, but uh, it's something to monitor for sure. Those hamstring injuries linger. Debo Samuel also had a hamstring injury. He's out for two weeks at least, they're saying. So, I mean, yeah, this guy's he's kind of like Deontay, right? When he's on the field, it's electric, but uh, he's been banged up this year. Um, another bad injury for you. Chris Carson left early with a foot injury. He, he didn't look like he was going to come back into the game, but we've seen him do it 100 times, so I'm expecting him to play every down on Sunday. Um, but obviously, you're going to want to <laughs> monitor that closely with, with um, Carlos Hyde also getting hurt. He got uh, – Hurt in that game, and who, who knew it's like Travis Homer, I think, is the backup, and then DJ well, is it? Homer also. Homer also got hurt in that game. Oh, uh, he left with a, a knee contusion, and uh, yeah, Dallas is the name of the rookie who's the fourth stringer. And if he's the only one, this is something that hasn't really ever come up before this year, but apparently, he's the only other running back on the roster. and if none of those other guys are healthy, they won't be able to actually bring anybody in because of uh, COVID protocols. Nobody would be able to uh, to quarantine themselves long enough. Um, so obviously you're not expecting three guys to go out in the same game. But uh, I know that rookie Dallas, he had a play near the end of the game when, uh, when they gave up that big sack of Russell Wilson where it was basically 100% his fault. I don't know if you noticed that <laughs> I play. Did, yeah. I, was wa- I was watching it and I was – I was texting online with one of my buddies and I said, Oh, he's in big doo doo tomorrow <laughs> on film. Cause the guy just went right through him and killed Russ. And basically that changed the whole flow of the game in Arizona one. Well, I mean, they could just put DK Metcalf back there with 20 carries <clears> and he's going to run over everybody. That guy's a freak. Oh yeah. Um, when another injury in that game to running back, it was, it looked really nasty <laughs> at the time and I thought it could be out for multi weeks. And it sounds like he is going to be out for two to three weeks. At least is Kenyon Drake. He left with an ankle injury. He looked, uh, it was kind of devastating. He just kind of got rolling with that offense. And, um, yeah, it looks like he's going to be out for a while. And now it's Chase Edmonds role. And I think they're on a bye week this week, but, um, after that, Chase Edmonds is going to get plenty of, plenty of opportunities to eat. 
Um, I mean, we're talking about running backs and the guys that got hurt. Devonta Freeman left with an injury for the Giants. I don't know. I mean, Wayne Goldman had Man. some nice plays, but I don't really want any part of that. And uh, DJX, you know, I find it, I kind of feel guilty about this one because he was back this week and I sent a text to the group chat. And I'm like, how many quarters does DJX last? And unfortunately, it was only three. And it was a dirty, dirty play that he got hurt on. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if he'll be back this year, but I don't know if he'll ever be back, to be honest. He's kind of getting at that age where do you bring him in and can you rely on him? So it's going to be interesting. And one more, Dad. It looked like Allen Robinson left last night's game early with the concussion. We'll have to keep an eye, have to keep an eye on that. And any Robinson owners as well, uh, see if he's in the protocol. Yeah, you're right there. Uh, he actually didn't look too happy about being uh, being pulled out of the game. Um, I'm not sure if it was an on-field or an above spotter that uh, that noticed something, but uh, hopefully it's not too severe. He didn't come back in that I saw, but uh, it's so hard to know with the protocol. Some guys progress you know, a few days, it seems like, and they're back on the field. And some guys, it can be a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, uh, you know, speed recovery to everybody. I agree. Well, after all that bad news, what do you say we get to get to some of the studs? Of I the like week? it. We need like some inspirational <clears throat> wrestling entrance music right now to introduce this segment, I think. I like it. I think just like the bottle smash, Steve Austin, yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> you know, just get the blood pumping. But uh, we got our fantasy podium. We got the top three at all the top three at all the big scoring positions. Um, so uh, at quarterback, you know, we we both called it. That's why we're the pros. That's why we're on the air. They paid the big bucks. Tom, terrific. Tom Brady, forty-five points. And uh, after that, a couple of young guns: Justin Herbert, forty-four points, just behind him, and uh, Kyler. With that overtime, that obviously helped him a bit, but he was having a good game anyways, 43 points. And that running back, we mentioned him. Um, you know, I think he was started in about 1% of all fantasy leagues. Jeff Wilson Jr. put up 31 points. Uh, your old your old guy that you traded away from Miles Sanders, James Robinson. <laughs> that old 21-year-old. 30, <laughs> 30 points. That old, that old chestnut. Uh, where, did you have a bit of uh, running back envy when you saw that? Oh, big there? time. And so the last couple of weeks, I was kind of feeling good about that deal, even though Miles Sanders got hurt. I was like, this is the James Robinson I was kind of expecting to see, but he went off this week, and yeah, I didn't love it. I sent him an offer for a trade, yeah, and he's I, like, I'm not trading back to you, so stop. <laughs> <laughs> he looked good. And uh, a real old chestnut, Todd Gurley, he just keeps on getting it done, 21 points. Now, if he had played it wisely – he wouldn't have made the podium. So maybe that's what he had his eyes on. He just wanted us to uh, mention, mention him on the old triple that's, F. That's know? probably exactly what it was. And like you said, Jeff Wilson Jr. started in 1% of leagues. Kudos to Todd Johnson for starting him in our league because, uh, yeah, it was it made my, our matchup scarier than it should have been. Uh, going back to the podium, we had wide receiver uh, Tyler Lockett. We mentioned it earlier. He caught everything. Woo! It was always in the end zone. Russell Wilson puts the ball exactly where he wants it, no matter how many guys are chasing him down. 45.86 points. He just went off. Speaking of going off, Devontae Adams, 38, just 38.1 points. But it was just, he, this guy manhandles defensive backs. He's better than everybody. He might be the best receiver in the league now that Michael Thomas is a, a soap opera. And Deontay Johnson, like we said, unfortunately <laughs> left early with an ankle injury, but he's still able to put up 25.5 points. Uh, moving to tight end, we had Harrison Bryant, obviously, 19.6 points. He was the big tight end of the week. Uh, I don't know if he started in any leagues. I don't know. I sat, I sat because Austin Hooper had an emergency appendectomy. I don't know if you saw that. 
So Friday, there's nothing, no injury, no injury, no injury. Friday, the news comes out, he's out. He had surgery. He won't be playing at least this week, probably next week. And I sat there and I looked at David Njoku and Harrison Bryant. David Njoku, Harrison Bryant. And I ended up going with Njoku. And he had a touchdown. He had an okay day. But all that game, I was like, oh, God, what have I done? I'm going to lose because I didn't pick up Harrison Bryant. Bart. So, and then you just traded for Njoku tonight, or did you trade him away? I traded him away. Oh, that's yeah, right. so I picked I, I picked him up because Gusecki was on uh, bye last this past week, and I had Hooper ready to – locked and loaded, ready to go. And so I picked up Njoku. And then uh, earlier this morning, I woke up and had a trade offer, a fifth rounder for Njoku and a 14th rounder. And Yes, please. You know what? Got to pull the trigger. Oh, that's a nice. Thank you. I pick up a guy and trade him for a fifth. Uh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, going back to the, nope, the fantasy podium. Uh, we mentioned him last week scoring a touchdown. Gronkowski, once again, getting in the end zone. He put up 14.7 <sighs> points. Did you roster? Oh, you did, yeah. And I, I actually kept yeah, him. Oh, I that's right. That's right. No, you know what? I, I'm happy to see him doing well. I wasn't happy that he was playing against me this week. But, uh, you know, it's not that I thought he could never do it. But I, I just couldn't wait around for the for the action. I needed to get some wins going, so. All the best. I like it. That's a good sport. And TJ Hawkinson put up 14.4 points. So that, well, again, a lot of that was due to Todd Gurley giving them some extra time. He scored the last touchdown there with seconds remaining. So, uh, yeah, but he saved his day, 14.4 points. And we're also going to cover some IDPs. Devin White, <laughs> huge day for the Bucks. The linebacker, 31 points. Uh, Jerry Hughes put up 25.5 points, the defensive end for the Bills. And Daniel Sorensen with that pick six in KC had 19 points. That so was a beautiful play. Yep, those are difference makers for sure. Um, anyways, we've uh, we've got some more listener input. We had uh, we had a reach out from one of our loyal listeners, Matt Campbell, last weekend, and uh, Whammer's actually back with a question for us. So why don't we give it a little listen here? Hey guys, which ex Pittsburgh Steeler do you think will have a bigger fantasy impact moving forward, Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown? All right, so what do you think? We've got, uh, you know, two Steelers fans here ourselves. These are two guys that we're obviously uh, very fond of in the past anyways. Who do you think's going to do better rest of the season? We got Brown with the box or Bell with the Chiefs? Um, I think it's going to be Lev Bell. Uh, if I, like, I don't, I'm not sure about either. They're both, like we've said, they're both amazing talents and uh, they're in great situations on great offenses. But, uh, I mean, that we mentioned earlier, AB has some trouble that could derail his season before it starts. So if I have to pick somebody, I'm going with Lev Bell and that Chiefs offense and his ability to catch the ball and just work from the outside. It's just it's going to be fun to watch uh, Andy Reid utilize him. I think Bell's going to have a lot of success, but I'm going to go against you here. I think that Antonio Brown with – you know, assuming that he's he's put his off-field troubles behind him, assuming he's grown up a little bit in the last year, and there's no there's no bad surprises uh, waiting to burst out in the media. I think he's exactly what the Bucks offense has been lacking. Uh, Chris Godwin's been in and out with injuries. He was injured in camp. He's been on the field for only half of their games. Something's up with Mike Evans. Like he's scoring touchdowns, but if you take away, you know, he had what two games in a row where he had a combined three catches for three yards and three touchdowns or something like that. You take those away, and all of a sudden he's doing absolutely nothing for you. They're feeding Gronk the ball a little bit. They've got, you know, talent in the running game, but Brown is a field stretcher. 
He can play short possession receptions. He can dominate. He can draw double coverage all day long, um, which, you know, obviously don't get fantasy points for that, but you can throw the ball into double coverage and he can go up and grab it. Um, I think that Antonio Brown, if he stays clear of any trouble and he gets on the field, especially with this Godwin hand injury, uh, he could turn into a league winner for some people. He could turn into, at the end of the season, uh, kind of out of nowhere, hitting a top 15 fantasy wide wow. receiver. So I have a que- So I have another question for you. Sandwich I already bet. wrote it down. I was writing it down as you were talking. Oh. Sandwich bet. I wrote it down. I put stars around it. There's circles. For sure it is. Yeah, this is the second sandwich bet of the season. And oh, boy. I mean, so barring injury, I don't think this is close, man. I mean, I can't wait to watch this play out. This is great. Thanks, Whammer. <laughs> I like it. I don't think this is close either, but uh, obviously not the same way you do. I think I just think Edwards Alaire is going to be too much of a headache for Bell. There's going to be games where he gets 20 points. And there's going to be games where he gets two touches. So real Anyways, quick, I just we, want to make sure I oh, want to, I want to make sure we're on the same page with this bet. Is this rest of the season or is this because Bell has numbers already, right? So we can't count that, even though I have Bell. No, yeah, it has to be yeah, rest of the season starting right, today. All right, I'll leave that to you to monitor. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'll let you know how it turned out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, and uh, we've actually got another uh, another voice message here. Not so much a, a question as a uh, slightly incoherent uh, <laughs> collection of statements. But uh, let's let's take a listen. We got Matt Henniger on the phone. Here we go. Hey boys, Matt Henniger here, live from Eastview Wildcat Stadium, just hammering out forty-five yard field goals. That's right, Stephen Janikowski, you suck. Pittsburgh Steelers got lucky. And Faulkner, you'll probably have three injuries next week. Moving on. I tried this once and failed miserably because apparently I talked too long. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I just want to call in, you know, say good job. It's great to listen to you guys try to explain how to get second and third place. It's, it's pretty cool. Anyway, so the only question I had was, who has more championships? The answer is I do. So that doesn't really apply here. Anyways. Yeah, just keep up the good work, and, uh, you know, see you in the playoffs. Whew, so there's a lot to take Three in Three injuries. Yeah. Get out of here, uh... man. We don't need that kind of karma going anywhere, all right? I'm not the reason's fault. Oh. It's not my fault Michael Thomas has been an absolute nightmare. All right. It's not my fault your kicker, who is not named that, missed that kick. It's, I mean, I don't know why you're targeting me. And yeah, he's won four and I've won three. And that drives me insane. Everybody stop trading with this guy. I don't know if that's collusion to say that, but I don't know. Yeah, he does have four. <laughs> I don't know if it's collusion to directly <laughs> tell <laughs> everybody the rest of the league. I'm not trading them. Oh, I mean, wow. I feel good at the end of it when, he, when we hear some more in G. So he leaves me feeling good, but I don't, I don't like that injury karma at all. Boo. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he must have been uh, doing some heavy drinking after the uh, Titans loss, maybe. I don't even know if Hedegaard drinks at all, but if I was a Titans fan, I would have been. And uh, he got a little mixed up. He, I'm sure he meant to talk about uh, Goskowski with his kicking woes, and instead he, uh, he referenced future Hall of Famer Sebastian Janikowski, Seabass, uh, as it were, but... Uh, the, the honestly the thing I took most interest in was that he's out there kicking forty five yard field goals. Yeah, I would there. love 
to see a video of Hanniger kicking a 45-yard field but, goal. Well, it's fun. Make I it want happen. to see that happen, and it's funny because we have a running bet with Marty Giles, who's another owner in this league, that he says he can kick a 40-yarder, and he's been saying this for 15 years, and we've never tried it. And, I mean, I don't know if he thinks he's getting better with age, but I don't like his chances. <laughs> Oh man! Well, you know what? I uh, I foresee a road trip to Barry in my future, and I think we're gonna have to make this happen. The people at home are gonna demand it. We're gonna start at seven yards, and we're gonna have a kickoff between Henniger and Marty. And uh, I predict it's gonna be pretty similar to when all those Chicago Bears fans got together to prove that they could make the kick that Blair Walsh missed, and most of them ended up falling flat <laughs> yeah. on their backs in the snow. <laughs> I'm predicting something like that, but uh, yeah, we might have to have a special uh, video episode of the podcast just to show that. I like it. Um, something I didn't let you know about, buddy. I did a little poll this week, and uh, I sent out a message to everybody in our league and asked them a question. Mm, not, not quite. Well, no, I wanted though, right? you to kind of just to hear your <laughs> answer or or you know on air, I guess, live in, in action. So I'll I'll read the question okay. to you. I'll let you think about it while I read everybody else's answers. And then uh, I'll, I'll find out what you think. But uh, basically what it was, and it was kind of an idea from Whammer, is I uh, asked everybody, who is in this league is your favorite to trade with and who is your least favorite to trade with and why? And I actually, like, everybody jumped on this. I got responses from everybody except for one owner. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting to hear, see what everybody said. Yeah, so you oh, take... That's a... I don't... Yeah, that's an interesting. And I don't one. want it. To, this isn't designed to you know to, to crap on anybody. And, and and I mean, some names did come up. I'm not going to kind of say the least favorites, but I will say the reasoning, and maybe they can put two or two together. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of something fun that we all do, and we all make a lot of trades, especially this type of time of year. I mean, our trade deadline's coming up. It's November 21st for anybody that doesn't know, and uh, the, you know the league's taking shape, and people are making moves. So I thought I'd reach out, and it's kind of see what everybody had to say so yeah you think about your answer i'll go okay. i'll whip through everybody's this might take a little longer than i wanted to but here we go uh so tim well, he was the first one to, or the last one to reply but his worst he said was judge judy and only because that guy keeps telling me baker mayfield is amazing and i want to punch baker mayfield in the hip bone um <laughs> tim who actually <laughs> just changed his name to i hate baker mayfield period so much so uh that's a pretty amazing uh response there and his best is kyle he says he loves to trade with oh. Kyle because it gives me such a good family discount. So that's awful nice of you. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> uh, Geister's reply is favorite to trade with is definitely Christian. He's always willing to trade. He's the uh, he's always willing to trade the best player in the deal and usually easygoing. Trade talks quick. Uh, they usually do a deal. His least favorite to trade with is either Kevin or Tim. Uh, well, that's ten in a row. Um, they both play hardball. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to name anybody, and I've done it both times already. <laughs> But either way, it's all good fun. Uh, they both play hardball. So this is a respectful oh, yeah. answer. They both play hardball. They always stand their ground. They're tough to deal with because they know their stuff. Uh, TJ, he gave me a nice classic TJ answer. He said, Whammer is my favorite. Uh, he didn't talk about his least favorite. And he just, that was his answer. So we'll move on. Uh, Whammer's a great guy to deal with. Speaking of Whammer, his favorite to trade with us is Grant. He's decisive and reasonable. He's going to say Christian after 11 p.m., but that wouldn't be very nice. I don't think I was supposed to read that. <laughs> uh, least favorite is Tim. He values his players too highly and can be indecisive sometimes, which is true. Tim likes to to waver on some of his guys. He's got favorites, and sometimes it can be tough to deal with. So uh, that's that's interesting that that's been Whammer's experience. Uh, Henniger's answer was Grant because he's no bullshit. Craig is the worst because he wants everyone 
and his novels about why you should do it are ridiculous. So yeah, he's not a fan of hearing about why you should make trades. I don't blame him there. Uh, Bednar's favorite. Marty is the tr- or, sorry. Marty is the toughest to deal with. I like to trade with guys who are open, like Craig or Grant. Oddly, Henniger too. The new owners are very active. It seems to be good for the league. This you know a ray of sunshine that Mike Bednar. Uh, Chad was no reply, which is kind of funny because people said it was kind of a common thing. Their least favorite was guys that don't reply to messages. So I think that speaks for itself. Uh, Grant, his favorite was me, which uh, is fun to hear because we have good banter, fair value, generally the same outlook on players, and I'm smart as F. I might have added that last part. Uh, Kevin is an easygoing owner. He likes to trade with him as well. He always has good counters, never rushes into a deal. Realistically values his players on both sides. And his least favorite is the guy that keeps telling people why they should do offers or anyone that doesn't reply. So that's fair because it's pretty frustrating, especially this time of year when you send offers and you hear nothing. Mm. Uh, Marty loves to trade with Grant because there's no BS and he's a straight shooter and he hates trading with everybody else. (laughs) Uh, Steve, (laughs) as far as my favorite to trade with, I have to say Kyle. Look at you, number two. Yeah, he's been fair to deal with. As for my least favorite, those who don't respond, they shall remain nameless for the time being. I like the Steve guy. He's good. He's playing this well. Uh, well, Hold on. I lost it there. Kevin's answer was, I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly, but I find very few guys are even willing to negotiate. Most ignore messages. Only people that get trades done with you are you with others. He doesn't like that I make trades. He says, I think you pester them, and I don't really get responses. And to that, I reply, oh, I pester. And Christian's answer. Yeah, always be. Christian says, me. So that's two. I got two nice ones. He says, "My, I'm his favorite because we go back and forth, and we both try to lowball each other even though we know it won't work. So you're my favorite. You're also my least favorite. <laughs> I like it, Christian. So, yeah, <laughs> let's hear yours. Okay, well, I've got a few for you here. I, I like in preseason trading, honestly, I like dealing with Whammer. Um, he's, uh, I've made a couple of deals with him over the years, some better than others, but, uh, it's usually a nice kind of back and forth discussion. Um, he'll keep me updated if there's any interest in another player. I'm sure that's a bit of a pressure tactic on his part, but, uh, for the most part, it, it works out pretty well. Um, I like dealing with Marty, honestly, uh, even though I think, did you say he doesn't like dealing with me or he doesn't like, he said he likes he doesn't like dealing with anybody. Yeah. He likes to deal with Grant and oh, else okay. he hates. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind dealing with Marty because uh, he's kind of like Grant. I, I actually like both of them the same way. They, they realistically value their players um, and they're willing to make a small deal without it turning into a, you know, three players and three draft picks on both sides, trying to even things out to every last little minuscule detail. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, Grant, we've had a few chats this year. We haven't made any deals, but it's, it's exactly what people are saying. It's no BS. It's just good, good kind of discussion. He wants to hear what you think about his players. Um, I would say as far as least favorites, um, I like dealing with Tim sometimes, but, uh, I think there are times he overvalues some of his players a little bit too much and it just makes it, you just, you know that that's an an avenue that's not worth uh, going down. Although I'm sure I'm guilty of that too myself. I think we all are a little bit. Um, But also in the past, I know uh, he's had some reluctance to deal any of his draft picks. He, he really uh, doesn't like messing with the order of things and that can make it tough sometimes because, you know, player for player doesn't always work. Um. I love texting with Craig. I love talking about fantasy football Same. with Craig, but 
it is an oversell sometimes. He's kind of like the guy who's like, he's got you all set to buy your new car. And then he's telling you so much information about the angle of the uh, air vents that finally you just leave and come back the next day when someone else is there by the car. I love you, Craig. But, uh, you know, sometimes the, sometimes the names just speak for themselves. But, uh, you know, he's got a positive attitude about his young players, especially. I like that. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is honestly, anytime you, you can't get a hold of somebody, especially when you're, you're trying to message them on the app, or, uh, I know a few times I've reached out to you for cell numbers. Uh, I don't think we did a list this year for some of the new, new or, uh, forgetful guys, but you try to get a hold of them, try to get a hold of them, send them offers, get no reply. And then all of a sudden the next day you see that they made a deal with somebody else that, uh, that kind oh, of for sure does yeah. to not get any back and forth, but, uh, Oh, good question. No, it's fine, I like too. That. And I mean, again, it's not to kind of, you know, talk anybody down. It's and you know what I love about fantasy football is that every guy values every player differently. And, you know, some guys will reach for one guy and other people will question why he made that trade. And that's what's so good about it. And, and, uh, yeah, I love this time of year because the deadline's coming up. And after that, we're going to ride up and see what, uh, how the season plays out. As far as my own, I never answered. I just realized I didn't answer mine. Grant is my absolute favorite. Grant and I, I've made plenty of trades. They always come together so fast. It's just like, hey, man, I like this player. Oh, yeah, what are you willing to give for him? I'll give you this. Oh, yeah, I don't really like that. Boom, this is the counter. Yeah, I like it to deal. And it's literally that fast. He's my he's my favorite to deal with. And, yeah, I don't want to you know point, point anybody in particular, but uh, anybody that doesn't reply to messages or isn't even willing to negotiate, just it's it makes it frustrating. So, yeah, that's never fun. Yeah, I should quickly add to not to uh, – not to – try and suck up because he said I was his favorite but uh Steve and I had a few back and forths before we did finally make a big deal and uh you know it was good it was we made a big deal it was high draft picks it was a starting quarterback and uh a starting running back and starting wide receiver all involved and there was no BS and it was nice and uh he sent me a message following that trade I think I mentioned it a couple episodes ago thanking me because he had won by starting Derek Carr who he had just acquired and uh, I was a little worried going into this week. We're about to get to the matchups here. Both of the guys he traded me were lemons. Neither yep. one of them played. But, uh, you know, that that the fault giveth and the fault taketh away. And this week I took it, you know, I snatched defeat from the hands of victory. For now. So. Um, anyways, let's, uh, let's get to our let's matchups here. We're going to move yep. pretty quickly here, fellas. We've talked a lot of football and uh, – you know, you've got the internet. You can look at the scoreboard, but uh, we'll give you a quick little, quick little glimpse as to what happened. So, our first, uh, our first big one's going to be a, a big one and a quick one. We had you look like AJ Green. Whammer's team is rolling. He won two sixty two to one twenty nine over stun punts. Christian, good for you. You're triple digits again. You're almost one hundred and thirty points. Uh, Whammer didn't have Ty Hilton, but uh, that might have been actually a good thing. He had a good lineup going in. Watson. Even in a bad game for the Texans, he was good. Um, you know, more again for Carolina, had back-to-back good weeks. Deontay injured, but good points. And, of course, our recommendation that he was definitely going to sit before we convinced him otherwise. Tom Brady, number one quarterback on the week. Uh, a couple concerning wide receivers. Mike Evans, only five points. I don't know, something's not right. And Cooper Cup, uh, even, in a, even in kind of a – big night for LA on Monday night football. He just couldn't really get it done. Uh, Christian had a really good showing from Sterling Shepard. He's back off IR. Uh, Justin Herbert, he looks like a stud. 
number two quarterback on the week, but his uh, connection with Mike Williams was not stellar, less than one point. Devonta Freeman, less than one point before he got hurt. McKinnon, who everybody thought was going to be the uh, the big running back, less than one point. So some big gaps for sure. But I like the building blocks that Christian's got started, and hopefully he can keep improving his team here as the season goes on, just not till yeah, next Yeah, we'll talk about your matchup with him coming up. But And I want to talk about Wayne's defense <laughs> too, because TJ Watt and Miles Garrett every single week are wrecking games, and he's getting all the fantasy points for it too. Wayne's got a, an amazing team. And that is the result of that is the X-Lax blowout of the week. Wayne wins by 133 points. That's the biggest margin this week. I didn't know. I don't think I told you that like X-Lax it. is one of our sponsors, but uh, – yeah. No, I, I'm happy to hear it though. That's a that's a reputable company. Well, they don't know about it either. So, but it's 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 good. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, when their sales go through the roof tomorrow, they're gonna find <laughs> out. Eighteen more sales in the Simcoe County, <laughs> Northern Ontario. That is interesting. What's happening? And one in yeah, Singapore. One in Singapore. <laughs> uh, let's jump into our next matchup here, buddy. Uh, it's Marty uh, Team Marts versus I Hate You Baker so much. That's uh, Tim Squad, newly named. And uh, this was kind of a surprising result. Marty's team, who is, you know, ride or dying with the Buffalo Bills, they only put up 125 points and disappointed for the, the second straight week and uh, putting Marty to four and three. Uh, we mentioned Chris Godwin got hurt. He had to start James White, who put an absolute dud. CeeDee Lamb also had an absolute dud. I mean, Andy Dalton left the game and Danucci came in and the Cowboys were done, Nucci. And uh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills, we talked about them. <laughs> they look broken and, and Marty's whole team. We've got Diggs, Allen. Singletary, uh, that's a big part of his roster. And them struggling is the reason he only had 125 points. Uh, Tim's team, man, he, uh, he got the win. He put up 142 points. He's obviously got Russell Wilson just balling out every single week. Uh, but this guy's smart, and he played the waiver wire perfectly and, and, and handcuffed perfectly. He had Jamal Williams and Gio Bernard both in his starting lineup. Each of these guys put up 19-plus points. And unfortunately, we mentioned earlier, he lost Odell Beckham and uh, – but he gained it to us. So I think that's a good trade and we'll see what Tim's team does here moving forward. Yeah, no, I like, uh, it's got to feel good for you too, that Tim finally got a win against a team that wasn't yours. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you and Marty, you and Marty can have a little pity party together. Um, moving on to the next one. We had a, uh, a big win for chief's kingdom. Uh, Chad scored 158 against chase and Amy who had 105 or 106 points. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom, we've talked about them all season long. Big scoring team, matchups have not been in their favor. Um, <clears throat> I think before this week, they were the second highest scoring team in the league and uh, down near the basement in terms of record. Um, Chase and Amy had a few few uh, good plays, just like Tim did. Chase Edmonds had a huge game after Drake left. Boston Scott filling in for uh, Sanders had a big game. Hawkinson doubled his score on the last play of the game. But uh, a couple of duds too. Sam Darnold back. You know, Joe Flacco is is not the guy in New York, but I don't know that Sam Darnold is either. He ended up with negative five fantasy points. And uh, Chase Claypool, you know, these are going to happen, especially for young guys, but he had 0.3. That's not what you're looking for. Um, and Chiefs Kingdom had no no Lamar Jackson, but also no worries. Uh, by the end of it, he had three players that were on by left in his lineup and one guy, Tyler Higby, who wasn't even playing. So four empty spots. Um, but obviously he he didn't give a falk because uh, he went out and, and won by over 50 points. Kyler doing his magic. Robinson at running back doing his magic. Edelman, uh, not so good. Couple of couple of points. Cameron Brait, you know, he's not getting any of the Gronk love, but uh, 
I think, you know, he's got Kyler on by this week, but I think when that team's rolling, you're right, he might be uh, forced. Well, playoffs. especially where he finishes in the standings, it's going to be trouble for the top tier teams in the first couple of weeks. And I want to talk about, you mentioned Bednar with Sam Darnold. He just traded for him before this week too. So putting up a minus five is not a great first impression. And uh, I mean, the projection favored going into the week, the projection favored Bednar to win. He was supposed to win this matchup. And I, I tip my cap to him for going for it and filling the lineup. And, you know, he's fully admitted he's in rebuild mode, but he still wanted to get that W this week and kind of ruin a season for somebody. He's playing spoiler already. I like that. Let's right go on. on to the next one here. Uh, we got uh, Judge Judy, Kevin's team, which is, again, it, like I mentioned, Joe Burrow being a problem. Kevin's team is going to be a problem. He put up 254 points versus Craig's team, Jones in for a title. Uh, I have to look oh. back. I don't know if his team has won since he changed his name. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he puts up 193 points and still takes the L. Uh, Kevin's team is is on fire with a 254. He even had some some guys missing this week, but he had Aaron Rodgers and – Devonte Adams stacked together and that was like 70 points. And once you see that game, it's pretty demoralizing for Craig. Uh, you know, you're not going to be in good shape, especially starting Aaron Jones in that game as well. And he's not starting at all. Yeah. I, we messaged Craig during the day and he said, you know what? I just, I, I got caught up in yard work. I didn't see the news that he wasn't playing. I thought he was going to stick it out and yeah, it didn't work out. I mean, in his, it wouldn't have mattered if whoever he put in there wasn't going to make up the difference, but the, everything in the universe changes if he makes a different decision. So who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing like I don't, yeah, sorry yeah. to cut you off there, but that's kind of what I was thinking is, uh, you know, lucky for Craig, this didn't turn out to be a one ninety six to one ninety three game. Um, you know, obviously real life happens in that, but uh little, uh, little pro tip from the industry, Maybe about uh, maybe about twelve fifty p.m. You know, you you say to the wife and kids, "Oh, I, I got a little rumble in my in my tumble. I gotta go have a sit down, do some make a boom boom in the, in the salle de bain. Make a boom boom exactly, and uh, you know, give a quick peek because that wasn't exactly a surprise bit of news. You know, it was it was late, but there was talk about that on Saturday that that Jones had tweaked something and maybe wouldn't be good to go. And uh, Sunday morning, it was. It was pretty clear that he wasn't playing. So, you know, fortunately for him, that didn't work out uh, to affect his loss. He just lost again. But, uh, you know, maybe keep an eye on that. Well, now he's in the eighth spot, and and, and he's got some tough matchups still. I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn, but he's still got to play me. He's still got to play Whammer's team, and he's got a bunch of bye weeks still. So it's crazy because coming into the season, he was one of the favorites. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch how he plays out the rest of the season. He's not a guy to shy from tanking. Uh, and I would recommend it, Craig. I think it's time to tank and, and start trading some of his talent to me. Um, yeah. yeah, and then we talked about Baker Mayfield for Kevin. Both his quarterbacks had over 35 points, Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield. That's you know that's tough to beat. So, yeah, Kevin's team is going to be a problem even with the zero in his lineup, 254 points. Sitting in second place. Sheesh. All right, we uh, looking at our next matchup here. We have uh, the guy who Craig traded with, and they both – <clears throat> they kind of swapped team names. Uh, Grant with sits went sit went play hurts. That's his new new slightly altered name. Uh, getting just demolished by Mike's mustache. Two hundred and ten points for mustache, and uh, he gave Wentz a mustache ride. He only had one hundred twenty seven points up against him. Um, there was no Michael Thomas again. We don't know what's going on. He's got an ankle injury. He's got, uh, you know, he got butt hurt against his teammate and gotten a little, little shoving match. 
now he's got a hamstring pull. I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on, but hopefully he's back soon. And uh, there was also no Devontae Parker, obviously, with Miami's bye week. But uh, Christian Kirk went off again, didn't, uh, wasn't lighting up the field, but got in the end zone. Brandon Ayuk with Debo out, that's a guy that uh, a lot of leagues are going to be looking to pick up. Um, but he was already going in this matchup for 16 points. Um, we mentioned Devin White, big game, 29 points. Buda Baker, again, I started him in a different league. He's been a monster this year playing safety for uh, Arizona. But I want to talk to you about Carson Wentz. We were crapping all over this guy at the start of the season. And uh, it still doesn't look great, but he is getting it done now week after week after week. This was another big one, 28 points. If you get that in your lineup, you're pretty happy. Were we wrong about Wentz, or is this just uh, kind of a Well, I mean, it is the Giants, so I'm not going to get super-duper excited, but he is putting up fantasy points for sure. And, and, I mean, Henniger traded Daniel Jones. I don't know what exactly the trade was to get him, but it was kind of a weird trade at the time because, you know, Wentz's trajectory was pointing straight down. But, um, yeah, I mean – he has no weapons either, right? Like they're saying Jalen Rager could be back sooner and later. Alshon is, I don't know where he's at as far as his recovery and uh, no tight ends, no Miles Sanders and still through for 360 yards. So, I mean, I was always a fan of Carson Wentz. Um, it's just, it would look really bad at the start of the year. And I think, yeah, he's a very viable starting fantasy quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Grant had a couple good players going. Um, nothing huge, but uh, he had LaMichael P. Ryan in, uh, for the Jets rookie who got a little bit more run this game and had 14 points. DeAndre Swift, who uh, since Detroit's bye, he's been looking more and more like the lead guy and uh, put up a decent day. Even Daniel Jones um, <clears throat> managed to get him 22 points. But there's one player that I really want to talk about in this matchup quickly, and that is Ezekiel Elliott. He had six points. He's had a few rough outings in a row. There's no Dak. Their team looks like a mess. They traded away one of their defensive cogs uh, earlier today. And without without the passing threat that Dak brought and the mobility, you know, I just don't see the same Zeke. He just doesn't look like he's getting the same kinds of opportunities. The defenses are all over him. Is this trouble? Are you, if you're a Zeke owner, are you panicking? Well, I mean, yes and no. There's nothing – he's going to get the volume. He's going to get the touches. We talked about how bad the O-line is <laughs> earlier in the episode. They're, they can't block anybody. But – and I don't like to, you know, paint this picture, but he kind of looks like a guy who thinks his team doesn't have a chance. He's already got his money, and he's thinking about keeping himself healthy. Like, it just – it doesn't seem like he's got the same fight and drive that he's had in years past where he's finishing every run and, you know, he's eating out of the cereal or whatever he does when it's a first down. Like – <laughs> I, I, to be fair, like you said, you lost Dak Prescott, who I looked it up before we started here. He's still Dak is still the tenth ranked quarterback in our league, and he's been out for you know a week, a week mm. and a half. So uh, that's like obviously a huge problem for the entire team. But uh, yeah, Zeke is it's an issue. But I mean, what can you do? It's you know what he's capable of, so you just got to ride it out because you're not going to get the value that he's worth at this point. Yeah, that's basically it. You can't make a trade unless somebody's willing to overpay. And even then, you're probably not going to like it. So uh, you just have to kind of, you know, white knuckle it and hope that you're hope that you're in the right direction. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see because I could see it getting bad really fast. Like the new coaching regime is not from what I've heard. It sounds like that team is very dysfunctional. 
Speaking oh, of functional, let's talk about your. I don't know why that was the segue, but I went with it. Uh, we had the the next matchup was the Mean Machine, your team, and Steve, the Titans, Titanic. Who he, I love how he's changed his name for the Steelers every week. But uh, this matchup was bananas. I touched on it earlier. You guys went back and forth in the Monday Nighter. You had two defensive players playing. He had one, and I think there, were, like I said, there was a ton of lead changes throughout the night. Luckily for you, you got forty five points from Tyler Lockett the night before to make it even you know even a matchup because going into sunday night it looked like it was over and uh tyler lockett gets 45 points for you you got okay days from Minshew and teddy um as far as steve's team he had gronk score a touchdown against you just to rub it in your face he lost drake and Lindsay early if those guys don't go down he probably wins his matchup with these and he had a nice font a little fine his own you know he didn't say rudy of the week but his own little deontay harris who nobody heard of or started uh, he put up a nice little day for him so uh, Steve's currently in tenth place with a three and four record. You're four and three in fifth place, but uh, that matchup was tight. Yeah, and you know what? It was wild the the way the projections were going in that matchup. Um, at the start, I was projected I think 15 points or so, but I knew it was going to be close. I knew that Steve's team had been kind of working their magic, and uh, I took a screenshot. I think I sent it to you early on in the game. We were projected one one hundredth of a point apart from each other. And uh, then slowly it kind of went back and forth. He was up a bit. I was up a bit. And then, uh, you know, my lineup was definitely suffering. I had some guys that were on bye week. I had some guys that were injured. I had some guys that were last minute uh, replacements I had to make at the wide receiver position of especially. And, uh, you know, it just kind of kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden the Seattle game comes and it was just Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett. It never stopped. And all of a sudden I'm right back in the game. And uh, it came down, like you said, I had Roquan Smith and Aaron Donald last night. And he had, I believe, Kaiser for the Rams. And I tell you what, I have never watched a boring, slow football game and not cared at all who was touching the ball or who was throwing the ball or catching it or anything like that. All I was watching was every play, who made the tackle, who made the tackle, who made the tackle. And uh, it was pretty pretty exciting and obviously ended up on the right side of things. So uh, hats off to Steve. We kind of texted back and forth a little bit. Thanks for the good matchup, buddy. And, uh, you know, good luck to you every other week except this past one, I but, guess. And that- a lot of people don't like IDPs and the people think they should be out of the league and out of fantasy, but that that's a prime example right there that kept you engaged the entire game. And it made it so exciting watching, you know, it was that number 99. That was half a sack. He had his hand on him. Like, I love it. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm a big fan and I agree with you. I think some guys undervalue it. And uh, I think that if you can find the right guys, um, you know, it can turn into a, a big producer for you. You you talked earlier about Whammer's defense. Um, I've got some guys on my team that, you know, Donald, it's tough because everybody just double teams him and holds him like crazy, but he has the ability to go off at any time for 30 points. And I'll, I'll put that on my lineup, you know, any day of the week over a guy like Rashad Higgins or a wide receiver here just throwing in and praying for a touchdown kind of thing. But uh, anyways, we got one more quick matchup to do here, and it's your matchup, so I'm sure you want to hear Tell it. me I'm all sure about you, it. Uh, yeah. forgot. I'm sure you forgot what was going to happen. Uh, you were going off against one of your, you know, we're all good buddies, but one of your good buddies there, TJ. Scraps, as we uh, <laughs> used right, to call him back in the day. 
as I recall, or, or scrapes, depending <laughs> on when you asked him in the night. But uh, it was uh, on paper, it looked like a good matchup. And his team's been doing really well with his, his young players. But, uh, you know, even though you failed to break the 200-point marker, he couldn't really, couldn't really compete with you. You had no Miles Sanders, but it didn't matter. Uh, Gibson and Kamara had 19 points each. Boyd in that shootout and since he, he put up 23 and a couple of respectable uh, performances from Tyreek and Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, you can't be happy with your two studs, Mahomes and Kittle, but it doesn't matter when your team's when your team's just solid all the way through like it was on Sunday for you. Todd was missing some big players, Justin Jefferson, who's been a monster, and uh, Jonathan Taylor, who I think we're going to start seeing a little more and more of. We're out with bye week. He had some great performances. Wilson could have been so much more, I think, if he stayed healthy. Uh, Burrow, just, you know, if you throw the ball 40 times, you're you're most of the time going to have a pretty good day. But uh, some some real duds just killed him. Uh, Metcalf, you know, we talked about Tyler Lockett. Metcalf couldn't do anything that game. He had Patrick Peterson all over him. Michael Gallup, those Cowboys receivers are struggling. CeeDee Lamb and Gallup both had yep. zero, I believe. Um, one of his IDP studs, uh, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, nothing. And that's what happens sometimes with those, uh, those pass rushers is teams will focus their whole offense about keeping them away from the quarterback. But uh, one of his quarterbacks, and this has got to, you know, we've talked about guys in the past, when, you're, when your home team, when the team you root for does well, you do well, you're double happy. But uh, Todd had to be double sad. Nick Foles, two and a half points. And it was ugly. Like, I hate to I hate to be a, a flip flopper, but is it almost time for Trubisky? I was expecting him to here? come in last night. Like I it was, there's that, when oh. he threw that pick in the end zone, it's like okay, we got to try something different here. This, it's not going to work tonight. But yeah, I mean Todd's got both of them, and it, it's yeah, it's not. I wouldn't want to start either of them. But we we've talked about this all year. Like Todd's in a rebuild mode. He's he tore right down before the season, and he's got some legitimate studs that he can build around for the next couple of years. So. Uh, he, it's, it's funny cause he was talking smack. It was his birthday last Thursday, I think it was. And, um, he said it's his birthday weekend was going to carry over and he was going to upset me. And he was kind of talking all this smack. And, and when Jeff Wilson was going off, I was like, Oh man, this birthday weekend stuff is real. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> luckily it, it played out the way it did. And, and you mentioned Mahomes only had the one touchdown, 11 points. And, and my other quarterback Stafford, he only had one touchdown as well, but I'm kind of encouraged by that. I don't want to sound cocky, but when my quarterbacks, like, especially Mahomes, when he doesn't perform and I can still win. It's like it's very, you know, it's confidence boosting for my squad for sure, and uh, I'm excited to see how this thing plays out. Absolutely. Well, uh, everybody listening, you know, we're going a little bit over our our normal uh, time, but but that's okay. That's just considered a bit of a Halloween treat for you. And uh, speaking of that, Jeff, I've got a little game I wanted to play. Let's do with it. You, if that's all right. All right, so we've got a little game, a little, uh, you know, Halloween game called Trick or Treat. I'm going to give you three players, and I want you to imagine it's uh, it's Sunday morning, it's the day after Halloween, and you, uh, you know, you fell asleep eating candy as you are wont to do, and uh, you roll over and first thing in the morning, and you open up your bag, but it's not Halloween candy anymore, it's your fantasy team. And right there, looking at you from the quarterback spot, is Jared Goff taking on the Miami Dolphins. What do you think? Is that a trick or is that a treat? Uh, so to be clear, I want the treat. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm good. I'm down for a good you, trick. Well, you, <laughs> I think, well, you know what? Usually yeah, I think I that's the, the game treat, is I'm looking uh, for the treat. It's, it's Jared Goff versus the Dolphins. 
coming off a bye. Um, no, I think that's a, I think that's a treat. I think he's gonna. That's gonna be a good game. His defense is playing amazing, and and you know what? The only thing that actually worries about me, me about that one is if Tua doesn't play very well, and if the game kind of gets out of hand early, and they don't need Jared Goff. So um, I'll say treat with the yeah i'll go with the treat but it's not my favorite treat like i'd put it at the bottom of the bag and save it until or try to trade it with the sister kind of treat yeah so it could be like a pack yeah well you know I like kind of thing, yeah but like or... one of those you know those ones with the cat yeah. the, the taffy oh, okay. the halloween yeah. taffies or whatever yeah one of those oh, yeah. that's like that's your go <laughs> i think they sold that once in 1956 and now people are just trying to get rid of that <laughs> yeah, uh, i think, it, I think it's tar like it's just like residue from <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we made some asphalt. We had the stuff laying around. You could chew on it. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? So, yeah, so you're digging a little deeper. And, uh, oh, this one, this one's a little tougher to tell if it's a trick or a treat. At your running back spot, you've got DeAndre Smith, Detroit, Ryan, Detroit Lions rookie, taking on the, the stellar defense of the Indianapolis. So, Colts. is that a new running back that they signed, DeAndre Smith, or are we talking about Mr. Swift? Okay, good. Swift. Uh, you Swift. did, yeah. Did I, I was like, Smith? oh, man, new oh, signing. Breaking bad. news. Da-da-da. Oh, my. I think my, my teeth <laughs> were stuck together from that uh, tar, that tar <laughs> So, DeAndre Swift, and sorry, who are they playing? They're playing the Colts. Come, and the Colts are also coming off a bye. They're playing the Colts, um, yeah. That's a re- legitimate defense. But I like what is happening with Swift and Smith, both of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, I like Swift. I think he's kind of taken over that 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 role as the lead dog there and Adrian Peterson's going to be scaled back week by week. So um, he can get receptions. So even if he can't run well against that defense, he's still going to put up points. I like that. That's another treat. That's like, uh, that's like some all dress ruffles right there. Oh, that's the best well, I don't you ever have. My goodness. Well, I do. <laughs> all right. I got one more in this one. I don't know which way you're going to lean. It's a uh, it's a player that's near and dear to your heart. It's a guy that you were uh, talking up a lot in the preseason. Um, I think back then I was your only <laughs> listener, but uh, now the world gets to know about your love affair with this player, and he's taking on our favorite team. I'm talking about Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trick or treat. So did you just look at the bye week teams last week and say how they're going to do coming to the bye? Ravens are coming off the bye as well. I know. Um, no. You know what my gut says? He's going to score a long <laughs> touchdown this week. I don't know why. I, I, the Steelers have been kind of susceptible to big plays. We saw A.J. Brown break that huge slant for whatever, 70-plus yards. And, mm. and Joe Hayden hasn't been blowing me away with this coverage. So, I think, uh, yeah, I think Mar- Marquise Brown can sneak past the defense, score a long touchdown, as long as Lamar can, you know, throw it on point. I'm going to say that's another treat. And that one is that one's like a Reese peanut butter cup. I love it. Yum, yum. Whoa, that's a good one. And hopefully the uh, bottom doesn't get stuck to the paper because that always that always uh, disappoints a little bit. But uh, all right. Well, there you have it, folks. Lucky Jeff, he woke up and, and according to him, everything is bags of treat. I guess he's got a bit of a sweet tooth when it comes to the old fantasy All I can be is me. So now we've got our Rudy of the week. You heard our uh, you heard our new intro there, getting you pumped up, getting you ready to to jump out and try to find some of these players, or maybe get the courage pulled together to start them. Uh, last week wasn't our best week. We were coming off of a good good week with Rudy's. 
your guy, Tim Patrick, uh, who I actually made an offer for in the game. Thank goodness I didn't get him because he's hurt now. But uh, he did okay. He got he went three for 44, got uh, close to seven points. It was a tough – it was a snow game. Uh, it was tough for the passing game, uh, but he left early, as we mentioned. My uh, – my Rudy of the week was not so good. Um, I thought big things were coming for Darren Fells. Um, I thought the Texans were going to be in a, in a close matchup with the Packers. He was coming off two big weeks in a row. He had 13 points in week five. He had 18 points in week six. There was no Jordan Akins. He was the only, only tight end game in town. And uh, he got zero. Not so good. Uh, the Texans got humiliated. Even in a even in a catch up game, Watson was just chucking the ball down the field. So Fuller and Cooks both uh, did all right, but Fells. Sorry to anybody. I don't think anyone in our league started him, but uh, sorry to everybody out there if you if you took my word. But I'm hoping I can make up for it this week. I got a new I got a new one for you. He's a running back. I don't usually go for running backs. I've been looking at pass catchers. It is a rookie. It is Zach Moss, running back for the Buffalo Bills. He uh, was coming back from injury. He looked good. He outplayed Devin Singletary. He outproduced him. I think he's going to get more touches. He's going up against the Patriots, who just got lit up by a combination of the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth running backs for the 49ers. Um, they've got a running QB with Josh Allen. I'm hoping that John Brown gets back to open up the passing attack and spread the defense out a little more. But I think he's going to get the goal line carries. I think he's going to get the yardage. And I think Zach Moss deserves to start maybe of the week Zach Moss I like that pick and yeah that's gonna be uh he I mean he had a lot of hype coming in the year so I I'm I'm not uh won't be surprised if he overtakes Singletary based on what Devin's done so recently um yeah my my Rudy of the week is uh, a guy that's gonna probably be a waiver wire darling in our league and every league this this week he uh he came off his bye week put up nine targets had five receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown he scored a touchdown in three st- straight weeks for the Las Vegas Raiders. It's uh, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, and um, this guy's got a legit role. I mean, Henry Ruggs seems to be a gadget player, and he's not getting a ton of targets. Uh, they had that Brian, Brian Edwards, I think it was, a Braylon Edwards, who was getting a lot of hype in the preseason as an every-down receiver, but he hasn't done anything. And uh, Nelson's kind of taken the role and run with it. And uh, they're playing the Cleveland Browns this week, and we just saw what Joe Burrow did to them. I'm not saying Derek Carr is going to do – the same thing, but I think they're, you know, they, they give up passing yards and Nelson is uh, primed to put up a big day. So yeah, Nelson Aguilar, Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver, Rudy of the week. I like it. Stamp it. I like it too. All right. Well, uh, what do you think? Do we have any, uh, you know what? I'm going to keep it real quick since we're over our time a little bit here. We got one guy. So what the bulk is happening right now? What do Keelan Cole T. Higgins and Cole Beasley have in common. They all I don't know what ranked higher currently in wide receiver rankings than Julio freaking Jones. Julio is the ranked twenty uh, eighth wide receiver this year so far. I know he's been dinged up; he hasn't been healthy, but that comes with aging, and he's not recovering as quick as he used to. Is this the new Julio? Is he no longer the elite plug and play every single week, set it and forget it, number one receiver? Well, I can uh, first I'll speak to our league. If you are the Julio owner, you know what? It's time to cut ties. He's washed up. He's done. And I've got a fifth (laughs) round pick with your name on it if you want to uh, send it over. To everybody else out there listening, though, I got to say, don't panic. Um, I'm a Julio owner myself in another league. 
And it's been rough. It's been tough. But I think that even in his younger days, you always expected, you know, Julio was Mr. Get Hurt. He was like the original James Conner. He'd go down after a big catch and grab his, you know, his foot would be pointing in the wrong direction and grabbing his glute. And then one play later, he'd be out there burning the defense for another 50-yard gain. Um, I'm not really worried. You saw he, uh, you saw he can get in the end zone all of a sudden. He, he found his way there a couple weeks ago. He's putting up yardage. Uh, the Falcons with their new coaching um, staff, even though they're not, you know, winning as they proved this week, uh, they're making it close and they're they're putting up yardage. So I, I'm not backing out on him yet. But I, I no, I agree. I think it's uh, he's too good to hold down. And when it's all said and done, he's going to have his 1,300 yards and four touchdowns or whatever he usually does. But yeah, I still love Julio Jones. And one more, yeah. what the fuck? Did you see DK Metcalf? I don't really have anything else to say, but that play, we have to acknowledge it. He chases down the DB, uh, Buda Baker. That was one of the most amazing athletic, you know, performances I've ever seen in my life. And that guy looks like a real life Avenger out there. I hope you were able to catch that. That was fantastic. Um, as I mentioned, I had Buda Baker going in another league, and obviously, yeah. I would have rather that he take that pick all the way to the house. Uh, but you know what? It was a it was a great play, and I think there was a bit of respect from those two guys after that. Um, you know, Baker was pumped that he took it all the way back to the five or whatever. But uh, that's what you want to see when you're a coach. And uh, I already spoke about this once this year. There's a there's a famous play that coaches always show of a guy chasing down from behind right. and saving a touchdown by punching the ball out on the one yard line. And I think twice this year now. Uh, there's been plays just like that, and that's awesome. And if I was, uh, you know, this year I'm not coaching high school football. I don't think there's any high school football happening in all of Canada. But uh, if I was, this would be something I would have walked in on Monday morning with the clip to show my players uh, why it's so important. And uh, I saw the opposite a couple weeks ago from Stephon Diggs with the Bills. There was a bad pick. And he just kind of put his hands up and stood there and watched it go all the way. And, uh, you know, what a difference. Now, it didn't end up working out in the Seahawks' favor in overtime. But imagine if they won the game and that was basically the play that, you know, that gave them their shot. That put them in uh, position to win the game. Oh, so yeah. Good for Metcalf. Didn't do, didn't do much else in this one, but uh, you know what? He's a great young player, great young talent. I'm excited. Well, he was, it was, he had the, you know, the folly earlier in the year. He was the guy that dropped the ball before the end zone. So he's been on both sides of it already in seven weeks. Like he totally made up for that goof earlier in the year. And yeah, he's an amazing talent. I mean, he did have a touchdown called back on a, on a holding call in this game. So it wasn't all that bad, but yeah, yeah, it was quite the play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, quickly, uh, you know, our weekly shout out to NSYNC. It's bye, bye, bye. We got some teams on by, so, uh, make sure they're not in your life. Joey Petoni. Please. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, we got, uh, <laughs> we got, uh, the Washington football team. There's not much there. Um, but if you've got Gibson, if you've got McLaurin, if you've got Kyle Allen, which I do, don't put them in your lineup because they're not playing. Arizona, this is a bigger one. Drake wouldn't be playing anyways, but Chase Edmonds, Hopkins, uh, maybe Christian Kirk, Kyler, obviously, defensive players like Buddha and their whole team do not play them. The Jaguars, Minshew Magic, DJ Chark, Keelan Cole, James Robinson, none of them. They're not playing. And uh, the Texans, you know, they've been, they've been getting hot, but they're going to be cold this week. Cooks, Fuller, Watson, David Johnson, don't play them. 
Definitely don't play yeah, Daniel duty. Carson. And yeah, uh, just a quick preview of our key matchups. Like we're getting into you know positioning and playoff and and all these implications in our league. We got some key matchups coming up this week, uh, including Mike's mustache, who's in fourth place up against the third place team. You look like AJ Green, so whammer Matt versus Matt cr- uh, crime there. And we got Marty, who's trying to get his team back on the rails. Uh, he's in sixth place. He's going up against Chiefs Kingdom, who is in desperate need of a win. Uh, we got Judge Judy, number two versus number one. This is the you know the prime time. Let's flex this into Sunday Night Football and get the whole world watching. Six and one versus six and one, me versus Kevin. And then uh, Craig's team, who also is dire and dire need for a win. He's playing his colleague, the guy he brought into the league, Steve, uh, the number 10 team against the number eight team. Uh, that should be a fun one to watch as well. And uh, I'm glad you didn't bring up my uh, matchup, but I am going to say it. I am concerned. Christian, if you're out there, just I've been talking you up. I'm your biggest supporter. If ever there's a week to let a guy have a win, this is it. Please. It's just, close. Yeah, you, know, you got relax. some key buys. You got some injuries. Off. You got some question marks. It's it's It should be on our key for sure. That's going to be a doozy. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, well. You know what? Positive thinking. And uh a couple of weeks ago, I threatened my whole team with uh, trading them all to Christian, and it seemed like it worked this past week. So, uh, boys, if you're if you're on my team and you're listening, you know what's going to happen if we don't win this. Say hello to your new coach. Well, based so, on our poll, yeah. I think a lot of people would be happy if he got a lot more talent. Uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, thanks to everybody for listening. If you have any questions for us, check us out. Uh, shoot us an email at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us a voicemail like Henniger and Whammer did earlier this week. Just check out the link. We'll post it on our league board as well. And uh, yeah, you can see us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And until then, set 